Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. And thank you for responding in worship and in all that you do with loving the Lord and being here on a Wednesday night. Thank you for those of you tuning in online. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Um, do want to mention Sunday is our Vision Sunday. I'm excited for what God is going to do uh, as we look into where we've been. The first half, Brother Pastor Lucas will be uh, ministering and giving us a little bit of where we've been. And then in our second half, I'm going to be preaching the vision of where we're going and excited to launch for you what God has given us uh, for uh, as a body this year to focus on. Amen? All right. Also want to mention Sunday as well. Please, uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to call for everyone to go downstairs. We're going to have uh, some tables set up and uh, some groups that are starting this year. And uh, you're going to want to hear about those and, and take a look at some of those. And there's going to be some snacks at different tables and whatnot. So come on down for a few minutes before you leave and go to lunch and do whatever you're going to do for the rest of the day in Jesus' name. It's been good to have Colin and Brooklyn here. Amen. Love them so much. Braxton and Jessica were here, but unfortunately they were sick uh, last Wednesday night and so weren't able to be in service with us. Uh, I think Jessica's getting a little bit better. I haven't really, yeah, a little bit. But uh, thank you for praying for them and then pray for the kids. They're going to be heading out Saturday, heading back to school for the final semester of their senior year. Wow, hallelujah. What an accomplishment and um, praise the Lord. Um, appreciate them. So love you guys. Glad you're here. Amen. Well, we're going to dismiss our, our uh, kids for uh, Kingdom Kids and, of course, our uh, teens for student ministries and I think the ladies have one more week for what some of them are in and the rest of you will be in here with me and uh, looking forward to that praise the Lord <coughs> excuse me if you have your Bibles go ahead and join with me we're going to look at two passages in the New Testament Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 and Luke 6 and verse 37 and uh, we'll look at two verses in each of those places. So Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2, Luke 6, verses 37 and 38. We're going to um, use these as the foundation today. <clears throat> well, praise God. Matthew 7 and verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged, for... With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with this measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Luke 6 and verse 37. Judge not, you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And tonight, for just a few minutes, I'm going to teach on this subject, the heart of the matter. And for this month, our, our theme, uh, the series, if you will, is going to be about dynamic living, which leads to dynamic giving. All right, let's pray. Father, you are the living word. And I ask now that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, and that you would speak both your logos and rima to your church. 
Open our understanding that we might comprehend the Scripture. Write your words upon our hearts, God, that we might apply it. Cause every hindrance to be rebuked and cast out and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we ask and pray and believe all of this in your majestic name, Jesus. And would everyone say amen? All right. The heart of the matter. That is my title for tonight. And let's begin. If you'll notice in Luke 6.37, the first sentence there and the final sentence of verse 38 are the same words or very, very similar words used in Matthew 7, 1 and 2. What's in the middle in Luke 6, 37, 38 is uh, the foundation upon which we're going to build this message tonight. Now, I want to just point out something real quickly here that's related, but it's kind of a, a sidebar element of relation. A lot of times when we read, especially the Gospels, we see things like this, where Matthew has... Just a couple of elements, and Luke is a little bit deeper. Or sometimes Mark's a little bit deeper, and Luke is limited, or whatever. It does not mean that one is right, one is wrong, and we have to throw the Bible away. What it means is, and you've seen me do this sometimes, and so I don't mean to keep being redundant with the same principle, but if I held this up and begin to go around the room and ask every one of you what this was, we're going to get a variance of, some people may say a bottle. Some people may say it's got a little bit of something in it. Some people may say a white cap. Some people may say it's Propel. Uh, you know, if you're close enough, you might say, well, it's a watermelon taste, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, which of us is right? All of us, right? So what we're seeing when we see things like this is Luke is seeing this side of the bottle and Matthew's seeing this side of the bottle. And just because one is less or more than the other doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means take them together and then see a bigger picture. Does that make sense? So I want to point that out because often when we study the Bible, you know, a lot of it, whoa, there must be a discrepancy. No, there's not. Because if I asked three of you to describe what we sang tonight, it's probably going to be different from each individual account. Does that make sense? All right. All right. So that was a little sidebar. Here we go. (laughs) Well, how many of you know that money is an important matter? But how many of you know that Really, the matter of the heart is a more important matter. Well, tonight I want to talk about having a right heart. Because if your heart is right, you will give. If your heart is not right, you won't give. And so I want to teach on giving, but from the standpoint of our hearts and not so much from whether or not it's a rule or a commandment or a principle or a whatever. The word forgive is a compound word. It's two words, for and give. And I want you to think about this for a minute. When you are in favor of giving or for giving, you'll be forgiving. And if you're not in favor of giving, it's possible you won't be forgiving either. In fact, I believe that some who have an issue or a problem with giving also have an issue or a problem with forgiving and vice versa. There are some preachers that would have you believe that Luke 6.38 
is all about getting super duper abundantly blessed because you gave. And they'll quote that verse to receive a special offering and convince you that, wow, God is going to just make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. But if you read it in context, it does apply to what we do give financially. But it also applies to other aspects of life. For example, if I give judgment, good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, guess what's going to come back to me? Because with the same measure that I give judgment, it'll be given back to me. If I give hate, guess how it's going to come back to me? If I give love, guess what's going to come back to me? If I give mercy, guess what's going to come back to me? Right? In other words, what this principle is teaching us is you reap what you sow. If we decided this year that in the spring we're going to set a section of the backyard here and we're going to plant apple trees, well, in a few years we're not going to have grapes growing. Right? We can expect that if we do it right, tend it properly, that we're going to have an apple orchard. Okay, well, in the same sense, what I give, I can expect that I'll get back. In fact, watch what the Bible says in Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. But then he goes into detail. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And I love that there's a conjunction. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Comes down to a choice. You see, I'm the planter. I can choose what I want to plant, what I want to sow. Amen? And then he says these words, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap. How and why? If we faint not. In other words, not give up. And so sometimes we plant things and we don't see the immediate result, do we? Mm. Sometimes we pray for things and we don't see the immediate result, do we? But we should know that God's word is true. And we will reap. And if we have sown to the Spirit, we'll reap of the Spirit life everlasting. Amen. And then he says this in verse 10, this is still Galatians 6, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So we should do good to everybody. We should do our best to live a godly, holy, Christian life every day to everyone, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. So let me say it this way. If you're not giving thanks it is not that you don't have anything to be thankful for. It's that you have a heart issue. If you're not forgiving, it's not because you haven't been forgiven. It's that you have a heart issue. And I know when I say that, especially with forgiveness, that's a hard topic. I'm praying about a series that the Lord has directed me to that I'll probably do later this year on the subject of forgiveness. And let me just interject this for a minute, though, and say this. 
Forgiveness isn't about the one you're forgiving. It's about you. And when I consider what I've been forgiven of, the, the irreconcilable debt of sin, the shame that was put on my Savior, oh, when I consider that He took that for me and said, I forgive. I was the woman cast at his feet who when he said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And when, when I consider what I've been forgiven of, it does help me to realize I can forgive too. Amen. You see, it also means if I'm not giving tithes and offerings, it's not that I don't have a money issue, it's that I have a heart issue. You see, if God has our hearts, we won't hold on to resentment or gossip, or bitterness, or regret, or guilt, or shame, or unforgiveness, or our money. And by the way, God still specializes in heart transplants. He's the broken-hearted mender. He's the healer. And so he can take our hearts of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh, as he prophesied in Ezekiel. So how do we then get to the heart of the matter is, number one, we deal with a selfish heart. It's the first principle I want to point out tonight. We deal with a selfish heart. In Proverbs 4 verse 23, the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, guard it, protect it. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Now it's not per se speaking of the blood pumping muscle in our bodies. It's talking about the, the inner person of who we are. Guard that. Protect it with all diligence. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him give not of grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to give not because there's a verse or two or three or whatever that say to give, but from a heart that wants to give. In fact, this is why I do my best to not use the terminology, I'm paying tithe. I would, I rather use the terminology of, I'm giving my tithe. Because to me, at least, paying indicates it's like a bill. Oh, well, you know, Cox is due this week, or the car payment is due, or the insurance. You know. But rather, looking at it from the sense of, I'm giving. It's something God has blessed me. He's blessed me with a job. He's blessed me with, with finances, so I'm giving back to him tithe and, of course, offering. And so God loves a cheerful giver. We're dealing with a selfish heart. Again, this is point number one. So why did God create giving? Why is it mentioned in Scripture? And by the way, uh, Scripture mentions it more than 50% more than subjects such as heaven or hell or uh, prayer and fasting. It's a very important subject. It's not because God needs the money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. I mean, let's be honest, his, his wealth, 
You know, I don't think you can calculate it. I don't know that there's a number large enough to determine it. It's infinite. So it's not that he needs the money. I believe God created giving to help us rid ourselves of selfishness. Luke 6.38, and for this matter, any passage on giving, is not about give and you'll get. That's selfish. That's giving with the wrong motive. Instead, Luke 6.38 is the reward for giving with the right motive. Give with the right motive and it shall be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Does that make sense? It's not that I'm giving just so I get. I'm giving with the motive of, Lord, I want to bless you and your kingdom. You've blessed me. I want to bless back. God wants selfishness and greed eradicated from our entire lives. And the giving of our tithes and offerings is a part of how that works. So we deal with a selfish heart. Number two, deal with a grieving heart. The reason some people grieve when they give is because they think the money is theirs. Well, I worked for it. I earned it. I went to school for this degree, blah, blah, blah. And that's why some may not give at all. But you know what the Bible says about that? Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So everything in the world and us and money and all is his already. In fact, in another passage, the Bible says, All the tithe is holy and belongs to the Lord. It's already his. So to be honest, we're actually just giving him something back that's already his. If Pastor Trevor needed to borrow my truck for something, and he said, can I borrow your truck? And we made an agreement, and he said, okay, sure. And he borrows it this Saturday to do something, and he brings it back to me Saturday night and gives it back to me. He's not giving me anything. It was mine already. Now, if Trevor fills it up with gas and gives me a $50 gift card to Longhorns, you know, and another $50 gift card to Charleston's, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> I like steakhouses, if, if, if you didn't get the hint there. Um, then he's giving me back, does that make sense? But if he just giving me the truck back, it was mine already. The tithe is already the Lord's. So when I give it to him, whether I'm paid weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever, I'm just giving back what's already his. And, and by the way, tithe is the great equalizer. Because it's, it's a percent, it's 10%, right? One-tenth of your income. So it, it's not about, well, I make X and somebody else makes lower than that or more than that. Tithe is an equalizer. Now, of course, above and beyond that is your offering that we give to the Lord. But dealing with a grieving heart helps us to realize it's not mine anyway, it's His. A lot of people look at it like this. I give God a dime and I keep nine dimes for every dollar. But instead, I look at it this way. Because God gave me a dollar, I can easily give him back a dime. It's the same math, but it's looking at it from the standpoint of, he gave me the dollar in the first place. Giving him back that dime, right? 
Watch what um, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says. And by the way, giving your tithes and offerings shows our obedience to God's word. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And so Paul here is talking to Timothy about how to teach to some people because some people have put their trust in this world's riches. Just tonight I was in a study with a couple of men in my, in my study, and Lot's wife came up in, in contrast to the, the attitude of Abraham who, and, and, and those with him who forsook and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims and, and, and were looking forward to the coming of, of that city whose builder maker was God. And yet, contrast that, you got Lot's wife who because of her possessions, if you read it in Luke, she turns and of course turns to a pillar of salt. Well, some people think that the riches of this world are more value than the more valuable than the eternal world to come. And so the rich in this world, by the way, I want, I want to hone in on that phrase for just a minute. Um, if you live in the United States of America, which all of you do because you're here tonight, you are 98% wealthier than all other countries on average. That's a, that's a fact. Okay? So we're, we're rich in this world. Even if you're making minimum wage, you're rich in this world. I remember when I went to Brazil in 1991, I was advised to take $500 cash as like, you know, some spending money for uh, some souvenirs or things like that. And uh, I went over there and of course I had a suitcase with the different, you know, changes of clothes and, and still more clothes at home, you know, whatever. And I get there and I find out that for most Brazilians, 90 some odd percent of them uh, only a small per percentage of Brazilians are, are wealthy. And for most of them, they had two changes of clothes. And while they're wearing one, the other has been washed and hanging to dry. And they'll put that on tomorrow and wash this one, and it'll hang to dry. And I'm like, oh, my word. And my $500 of spending money was about a year's wage for a common worker. I'm like, dear Lord. It, it changed how I... Saw wealth. The rich in this world. In verse 18, he mentions being ready to distribute. This means to be generous and ready to give. If God has blessed you and you have extra finance, bless the kingdom of God with it. Bless the work of growing his church. How do we do that? Missions, missionaries, how do we do that? Blessing those in need. Amen? And verse 19, okay, laying up store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold to eternal life. That's another way of saying make sure you're laying up treasures in heaven. You know, I've got a savings account. I've got a retirement account. And praise God for that, you know. I've got life insurance, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, I, <laughs> Don't want to think about those things and it's morbid sometimes, but but have them so that if my fam if I do pass, my family's taken care of. But but the reality is I want to also make sure that I've done the diligence to lay up treasure in heaven. I don't want to get to heaven and be bankrupt. 
funny joke for just a minute here, just kind of sidebar. This guy went to ATM during the holidays and went to a bunch of different ATMs and he said, something's going on. They're all saying insufficient funds. I, don't, I thought they stocked these things better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've all been in those tight spots before in life, right? Where, uh-oh, three bills are due at once, and, you know, ah, you know, and the account is, you know, right? We've all been... That, I can understand that on, on this side of life, and, and praise God we work through some of the things, but I don't want to get insufficient funds... When I get to heaven, I want to make sure I've got some treasure laid up where moth and rust cannot corrupt. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and by the way, none of what uh, Paul is writing here to Timothy is indicating that with your wealth you can somehow buy your way into heaven. You can't. But God does take notice of how we give. If you look in Mark 12, verse 41, you'll notice that Jesus was setting next to the treasury, observing how people gave. And I believe God still does the same today. He observes how we give. Not so much what, although in that story, in that account of Mark 12, the woman who gave the two mites had given a greater offering because she gave sacrificially. But it was, it was more the heart of what she was doing. She gave, it was all she had. Whereas others were giving of their abundance, they still had plenty left in the bank, so to speak. And so God watches how we give. And the question is then, do we give willingly? Do we give faithfully? Do we give cheerfully? Do we give sacrificially? And we need to give in all of those areas. Number three, we need to develop a generous heart. We don't just give to get we give to be obedient. Giving with a generous heart means I'm giving to just bless. Jesus uses money to illustrate other issues such as forgiveness. Remember, one who has a hard time forgiving is also going to have a hard time being for giving. So we need to develop a generous heart so as to give and take care of that part of our hearts. Let's go to Luke 6, which is the crux of where we built our message on tonight. But I'm going to read a little bit more context, beginning at verse 27. And I'm also going to read from <clears throat> the New Living Translation. <clears throat> so if you're following along in King James or New King James, it's going to sound a little bit different. But the gist will be the same. Luke 6 and verse 27 but to those of you, excuse me, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. 
And if you lend money to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Let me just pause here for a minute and say, a lot of times when you read the Bible, hard to fulfill some of these things. You know, I kind of read through a little bit fast. Love your enemies. Right out the bat. I mean, Jesus is just, boom, he's gone straight for the jugular. Love your enemies. You don't know my enemies, Jesus. <laughs> right, really? I don't. And yet, think about Jesus, who is saying this. The Bible says he knew from the beginning that Judas would betray him. And yet he loved him. He anointed him. He washed his feet. He called him friend. He loved his enemies. And even though he was harsh against the religious leaders, the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, a great company of priests became obedient to the faith. I think it's because they knew his harshness wasn't at them as much as it was as what they were doing. How many of you as a parent ever said to your child, I love you, but I hate what you're doing, or something of that nature. You, you're at that moment angry or frustrated with the child, but not at them as a person, but at what they're doing. And so even they who were enemies of Jesus, he loved them. He forgave. Right? Do good to those that hate you. Wow. I mean, again, so some of this tonight, you know, is not just dealing with money, but all these other aspects as well, too. It's just as important, isn't it? All right, let's pick up at verse 35. He says it again, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Wow. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Now, this is where we picked up for tonight's reading, just as a brief text. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, and all will come back against you, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And again, we can use that for finances, but we can also use that for everything else from verse 27 on. If I'm loving my enemies, if I'm doing good to those that hate me, if I'm lending without expecting to be repaid, if I'm doing all of these things that Jesus said to do, I can expect that it's going to come back to me. And let me prove it. In Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, listen to what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he, he God, will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Proverbs 19, verse 17. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He, the Lord, will repay you. In other words, if we're doing everything in, that I just read in Luke 27, excuse me, 6, 27, and on, God is taking some excellent records. Okay? Now let me just pause here and say, if we're doing it to get noticed, if we're doing it with a selfie, look what I'm doing, 
then we have our reward. But if we're doing it just out of the goodness of our heart and nobody knows about it, and we may not get noticed as the volunteer of the month because nobody saw it, but God saw it. Are you with me? God's taking record, and God has a way of repaying us. And, and I'm sure if we went around the room tonight, many of you could testify, if not all of you, who have experienced something like this, where you've given over here in secret, and God's blessed you over here in public. Amen. So, the fourth thing that we've got to do, this is all talking about the heart of the matter, the fourth thing is we've got to develop a grateful heart. Let me ask you, are you grateful for a church building where you can come together and worship, study, pray? Are you grateful for a church family that you can worship with and be equipped and empowered to serve in the kingdom of God? Are you grateful for the revelation of God's truth and His Word that accompanies being a part of who He is and that the Holy Spirit leads and guides you into that truth? Amen? Well, gratefulness is expressed by giving. The Bible says in Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful for it. And so everything I just read there, which none of it says anything about giving money, but you get the gist of what I'm saying, as I serve the Lord with gladness. That includes when I give my offering, my tithe, etc. That includes when I'm vacuuming the floor or picking up a piece of trash or blessing someone or loving my neighbor or you know, blessing those who have persecuted me. Whatever that aspect is, as I'm serving Him with gladness, I can still come before His presence with singing, even if it's a bad day. I've had days that are just, you want them to hurry up and end. You want to go to sleep and wake back up and it's a brand new day, right? Oh, come on, we've all been there. Uh-huh. I've had some days where I get out of bed, I'm like, okay, I'm going back to bed. This is, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Roll back over and, you know, they call it a comforter, you know. I know he's the comforter. And I just pull the comforter over me. Mm. <laughs> Well, glory. But you know, even on those bad days, I can still come before his presence was singing. Even when I've got bad news, I can still know that the Lord is good. He's made us and not we ourselves. Amen. I can know that when I've been rejected by others and persecuted, I'm still his people, the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, I can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I can be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For he's good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Praise God. Praise God. I look back on my life and my grandma, Oma Jean, and, and Papa Bill, and all have passed on, and some of what they passed on with their love for the truth. I can look at Grandpa Mowdy and 
and Grandma Maudie, and they've passed on, and the love they've passed on, and their truth. And, but you know what? That truth still endures to my generation, still endures to my children. Amen. And maybe someday grandchildren, right? It, it keeps enduring. Are you thankful for that? Praise God. I can give grateful praise and be thankful to God. I can give cheerfully. I can give generously and faithfully and sacrificially and willingly and obediently. It's all about the heart and the heart of the matter. So why do you give to the Lord? Why do you give tithes and offerings? Well, one of the reasons I do is because he gave all. Therefore, I can give something. If you read in the book of Hebrews, you'll find that there's a part of, in, in chapters 6 and 7, where he's talking about how that Abraham, when he gave tithe to Melchizedek, that Levi, who was still within the loins of Abraham, paid tithe. And he, he makes this comparison that when we give our tithe, it's to reveal that the Lord lives. I've often thought about that because this Sunday we're going to celebrate communion, which the Bible says when we do, we show the Lord's death till he come. And so partaking of that, that cup and that bread indicates that his blood was shed, his body was broken, and we have life because of his death. But when I give my tithe, my offering, I'm showing that he's alive. Isn't that cool? He gave so I can give. He didn't have to save me. He didn't have to forgive me. He didn't have to call me and choose me, but he did. I can give. He blessed me with the ability to work and earn money so I can give back what is already his in the first place. Giving tithes and giving offerings is a token of gratitude and obedience and thanksgiving. In fact, giving reveals your willingness and dedication to God and develops a pure and loving heart toward God and His kingdom. You know, what's interesting to me is God can take the money that I put in the offering plate or online, however you give, and turn that into a soul. Let me explain how. We support missionaries to the tune of about $60,000 a year from this church. Okay? Some of the people at, at Global Missions have put together some stats over the years of, you know, between missionaries going and curriculum and, and different things that for about every $25, there's a soul. Well, I don't know the math. I'm not that smart to figure out what 60,000 divided by 25 would be, but that's a whole lot of souls. And again, it's, I don't want you to just think that that's how we should think, but, but in some sense, God can take that 20 and that 5 that you put into the plate and turn it into a soul somewhere. And when I think of it in that context, hmm, who but God? Who but God can do something like that? This morning as I was praying at the church and <clears throat> finalizing my notes, I was in my study, one of my friends and fellow pastors posted something that I happened to see. These were his words. 
I want to determine to live generously in 2023 with my time, talents, and treasure. And in parentheses, he said income. I cannot live without, give without loving. Excuse me. I can give without loving, but I cannot love without giving. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Because it reveals the heart of the matter. Therefore, giving tithes and offerings is an act of faith that shows you're committed to God and His kingdom. Praise the Lord. Well, we don't normally do this on, a, on Wednesdays, um, but I'm going to stop and, and pause if there's any questions that anyone may have. Now, I realize for those of you online, if there is a question, I will repeat it because you can't hear the question being asked. But are there any questions anybody has on the subject tonight, on having that grateful, generous heart, on giving, on tithe, etc.? Any questions? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Apparently I did a, such a good job. There's no question. All right. Any comments? If there's any complaints, please see Pastor Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pastor Jeremy Miller, who's downstairs right now. Right. <laughs> Saw one church that had this place where it you know, had a complaint box, and you had to kind of put your hand in. There was a little, you know, mouse trap in there, so. Wow, <laughs> snap, you know. Ouch. <laughs> Amen. Wow, to give completely without, without reservation. By the way, for those online, that's the root word of forgive or just give? Forgive. Wow, to give completely without reservation. Thank you, that's powerful. Mm. Yep. You know, we've been forgiven of much, haven't we? Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, amen. Well, we're going to look throughout this week or month on some other uh, topics related to uh, this. And so I pray that God uh, would use this to bless you and strengthen you in Jesus' name. There it is. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. I just got it from you. Um, yeah, the Latin word meaning to give completely without reservation. Thank you so much. Um, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, why don't we stand together? I will mention that since we are uh, ending a little bit early, I know the, the ladies are concluding their studies, so let's be mindful of that um, in the admin wing. Maybe just kind of stay in here and do a little bit of fellowship if we need to because uh, we've got them and, of course, the children as well. But let's pray that the Lord would uh, strengthen us with his word and help us uh, throughout this night. Let's also pray for the weather. I understand there's some weather that started in Blair 
and kind of coming this way. So let's just pray for those traveling tonight um, in, in the weather. Lord Jesus, thank you for this uh, wonderful evening together as we've worshipped you in spirit and in truth, studied your word together. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister your word into our hearts. And as I prayed at the beginning of this message, write it upon our hearts that we might apply it, Jesus. Also pray tonight, God, specifically in relation to uh, the weather, that you would bless all of those traveling home tonight, keep them safe, and God, that you would uh, uh, continue to bring health and healing into the body of Christ. We pray it, we believe it, and we expect it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.